and I was now playing because I had to, not because I wanted to anymore. Did you lose a love for yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I can say that my biggest love became my worst enemy. I couldn't remember the girl that fell in love with the game. It was just something I did. That's really sad. Yeah, it's so sad. And that's the idea behind Mintridge, to ensure that no one else goes through that because yeah. I should still be playing hockey today in any capacity, but I'm not. I still call myself a hockey girl and I still coach it, but only in the last couple of months, six months or so, have I felt like, yes, I can pick stick up again. Hello and welcome to the Women of the Future podcast, a podcast made in collaboration with the Women of the Future programme, a platform built to unlock a culture of kindness and collaboration among leaders, as well as support and celebrate the successes of women. I'm Kim Rowell and I won the media category at their awards in 2018 in recognition of my continued work as a commissioner, producer and children's author, particularly within the mental health remit. I'll be talking to my guests on this podcast about their careers, who or what gave them their first big break, their successes, failures and inspirations along the way and how they came to be a part of the Women of the Future Network. Alex Pask is the founder and managing director of the Mintridge Foundation. Established in 2015, Mintridge is a registered charity and has worked with over 40,000 young people to enhance their life skills through sport, as well as provide a support network by harnessing the power of positive sporting role models. Alex was a recipient of the Women of the Future Sport Award in 2017, alongside Dr. Sarah Later, in recognition of her passion, commitment and dedication to her ongoing work. In 2018, she went on to win the prestigious Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year Award in the Grassroots category, and also became an Associate Fellow of the Royal Commonwealth Society. I caught up with Alex at work to discover more about it all. So I am the younger of two siblings. I have an older brother. He's 18 months older than me. We're really close now. We weren't so much when we were younger. I grew up in rural Northamptonshire, uh, so have very uh, agricultural background. So um, I think that's a lot of my family and friends have gone into the farming industry. So I've sort of gone a very separate way, which has had pros and cons in the past. So we're really close family with sports mad. I think that's definitely where I've got it from in terms of watching my dad play rugby every weekend growing up right. um, so it was just a natural uh, progression for me to, to follow in, in sporting footsteps I think and I've just had that from the very beginning. So when it comes to sport you say obviously it's something that's inherent with you and your family yes. what were your interests from an early age did you have a, did you like swimming or running or? I think I liked everything I think being a younger of two siblings I loved the competitive edge trying to catch up with my brother and I think we've grown up with rugby on in the background so the team sport the team ethics the values of that has always been there and when I was six my local primary school had some a visiting hockey club that came in and we tried hockey for the first time and I absolutely just immediately fell in love with the game that was the biggest love of all and that's really what progressed me and um, the head teacher there and then said get that girl playing hockey and she'll play for England so I think that was the immediate wow I can really that immediately instilled in me that's how high I want to go yeah and and did you so I got to England trials at under 16 and I wasn't successful and I really struggled afterwards particularly with my mental health but I think 
it's taken a long time to realise it, but that perceived failure mm. has enabled me to be the person I am today and it's helped with Mintridge, that's the biggest idea behind yeah. Mintridge, and I wouldn't change any of it now, and I haven't picked a stick up since, though. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yeah, I, I played a little bit afterwards, but I was playing because I had to then, not because I wanted to anymore. So, so what happened? So you went for the trials, obviously you didn't get selected, yes. and then you were devastated. Or, yes, yeah. um, I was under 16, so I was doing my, just about to do my GCSEs, and if I'm honest with myself, I can be honest with myself now, but I didn't admit it at the time, I really, really struggled with the pressure, um, and I was completely overwhelmed by the occasion. And I'd look at it now with where I am, and it was definitely imposter syndrome. How old were you then? I was 15. So yes. At a young age, to yes. have something that's huge, that, isn't it? Yes. To be on a national squad or to yeah. be in training for one. Exactly, and I think it's all I'd ever been working towards, and to everyone, my identity was Alex, the hockey player. So that was always the next logical step. Oh, she'll be playing for England, or we can't wait to come mm. and watch her. So I put this internal pressure on myself to please everyone else and I just had this vision of singing the national anthem to my family like that's all I ever dreamed of and I got there got to the trials it was a two-day trial period and of course I was good enough to be there but at the time I just didn't believe it and there was a big contingent of girls that played together regularly from the south and there were about three of us from the east region and I just remember thinking wow, they're playing so well, and they know how um, where each other is, la la la. And from that, I just I just got completely overwhelmed by it. Uh, I, in turn, I didn't get selected, and I really put that down to the pressure side. And I carried on playing afterwards, but I had a, quite a bad back injury, came back from that, and I was now playing because I had to, not because I wanted to anymore. You lost, did you lose a love for yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I said that, I, I often say that, my biggest love became my worst enemy. I couldn't remember the girl that fell in love with the game. It was just something I did. That's really sad. Yeah, it's so sad. And um, and that's the idea behind Mintridge, to ensure that no one else goes through that. Because yeah. I should still be playing hockey today in any capacity, but I'm not. I still call myself a hockey girl, and I still coach it. But only in the last couple of months, six months or so, have I felt like, yes, I can pick a stick up again. <laughs> Crazy. Yes. I mean, yeah. and talking of Mintridge, yes. clearly yeah. want to know more. But you set Mintridge up when you were twenty-four, yes. yeah. and it's because it is because you're passionate about giving all young people equal sporting opportunities, and that stemmed, I guess, from your own experiences with yes. the hockey trials. Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think in the first year, it was definitely focused on creating a support network for up-and-coming talent. I think if I'd had a mentor that had been there, done that, got the scars. I'd have coped much better in those situations, mm. but I didn't. I had a very supportive family, but they didn't necessarily know the ins and outs of what to do in an elite sport environment. So that's what I want to try and improve the accessibility for all young people to have that. And also to have relatable role models. Mm. Again, looking back at my own story, it was Johnny Wilkinson who was my role model. Um, someone reminded me the other day that my email Role model or idol yes, or a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, my, my Hotmail for my MSN uh, was Johnny Wilkinson mad at hotmail.com. Lovely. And I We've think... all had that. I was talking to someone else about this the other day because my sister's was Jovi007. She liked James Bond and John Bon Jovi. So it's that kind of exactly. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It was actually, I think my teacher said, you might need to change that for you guys. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I need to... Professional, um, but but for that reason, 
I look back and my role model is a male rugby player and I didn't play rugby I wasn't male but I didn't know any of the women's mm. hockey team so now I want yeah. to create that for young people male female different ethnicities yeah. different backgrounds that so it wasn't tan you didn't have something or someone tangible to yes. aspire to which yeah. is what you're trying to do now exactly the, the cliche you cannot be what you cannot see yeah. um, and I think that's what I didn't have I mean I had <laughs> I was a massive um, Spice Girls fan, Generation Girl Power. Mm -hmm. um, not even sorry that I went to see them twice. Don't be sorry. But I, I remember thinking, yes, I could be like them. I couldn't sing for anything. But if I had that in sport, mm -hmm. it could have been a lot, lot different. So that's what's needed now, and hopefully cool. we're changing. So on a day-to-day -day basis, and obviously we've spoken previously, but you send Olympic athletes. Yes into schools in yeah. all different areas of the country and not just Olympic athletes either just professional athletes yes so yeah. could you talk a bit more about yes yeah, so we have a team of ambassadors so Olympians Paralympians and other professional sports stars that deliver mentoring programs in schools so we'll take them in delivering assemblies and coaching sessions so to tailor to what that particular school or club might want so it could be that we're helping increase participation introducing a new sport or it could be that we're helping um, increase confidence in other life skills. We're doing a lot around coping with exam pressure at the moment, which elite athletes can really um, help with in how they cope in mm. sports environments. But I think what the schools love is that we offer six months of mentoring after that visit. So some of the students then get remote access um, on a fortnightly basis to the athletes where they can touch base, look at if it's sports specific mentoring, they're looking at different techniques, they're looking at goal setting. Wow diet nutrition which so is how amazing. do they do that is that like email or is it facetime um or? so we have two different apps so we have an app called playways where they can share photos and videos in a safe environment mm -hmm. and we have an app called FitSwarm, which is embedded into our website mm -hmm. again for safeguarding purposes it's essentially like skype but it's sports specific and it allows us to record the conversations as well again just to protect mm -hmm. all parties um which is amazing and the parents are very much involved in that which helps them develop and yeah. understand the importance of sport and at the end of it the favorite is that the students and their families get to go and watch the ambassadors compete oh, brilliant. Um, which is amazing get to go on the court at half time yeah. wherever it might be and um, lots of signed goodies so so you do you get you obviously get good feedback not just through yeah. like the incentives of going to watch them yes. in a game yeah. or whatever but from the kids and their parents and the athletes as well yeah. are they all yeah. is it all positive feedback yeah and that's what i didn't appreciate when i started from the athlete side is they they love it just as much as um, as the students and the families and I think particularly for athletes in individual sports they're out training and it's a really grueling training program and you know they sometimes forget why am I doing this day yeah. in day out in pouring rain and then they go into a school and they see the impact that their story has and their platform has and they remember yes this is exactly why I'm doing it. Yeah because like you say it's a very lonely experience when yeah. you're there in the wind and rain and hail and sleep yeah. and whatever like thinking why the hell am I doing this for and then but actually when you see the yeah. smiles on kids faces yeah. or how absorbed they yeah, are in what exactly. they're saying or what they're telling yeah. them that kind of gives something back and it works yeah. both ways isn't it yeah. because they're clearly excited to see someone that they've seen on the television yes. running a race or playing a game and they're right there in front of them yeah and, they, and i think for the students it makes them realize oh my goodness these these people are human they're real mm. whereas i think there's such um they just feel like they're on a screen like you said or so to have them in front of them is amazing Yes, yeah, so the impact from the athletes is huge. 
the impact we've seen from students is incredible, so diverse from students getting selected to represent Great Britain, which wow. they've put down to the mentoring, which I always say is the England cat that I didn't get. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I'm having a part of their story. Um, and then the parents, we've had some amazing feedback from them saying, you know, it's given them the realization that sport is a, a huge part of that and want to embed it into their mm. family life much more. And then we have really students great. that, you know, will pick the phone up to their grannies now because they have the confidence after oh, having fortnightly, oh, which is something I definitely didn't set out to achieve. But there's, you know, a nice add-on. Yeah, yeah, such great add-ons that the confidence is improving. Is it a bit weird for you? Like, it's lovely to hear you talk about it and the big smile on your face yeah. kind of says it all. But you, see, you say you see these kids fulfilling their potential, which was an opportunity that you maybe feel that you didn't yourself. Is that, obviously that's a warm fuzzy feeling yeah. but also it's an element of like oh no um and if you'd asked me say four years ago before i started mintridge mm. there was still that oh i didn't make and the it pang. and that pang yeah. and i honestly feel like mintridge is has been the biggest healer mm. i watched um celebrity sas who does wins your day ah. uh, which i'm a big fan of and victoria pendleton when they're interrogating her you could see that she still had this pain in her that she only won two Olympic golds and not a third. Really? And I remember thinking to myself, that's the pain I used to feel on a very different scale, obviously. But I, that was the realisation that, yeah, I've healed. Um, I've healed from that and Mintridge has been the, yeah. the force of that. So yeah. But for, for her and for you, you're still immensely successful to have got to an England trial and obviously for her to win two yeah. Olympic medals. You think... Do you think there's an element of not acknowledging everything that you have got and everything that you have achieved? Because we don't do that as human beings. Yes, do we? we don't yeah. take stock of everything we've got in our favour. We're always looking at that one thing that we don't have. Yes. Do you think there's an element of that in it? Absolutely, and I think athletes are the worst, best example of that, and that's what keeps striving them on. I think that's why athletes struggle so much when their career comes to an end, because it's very much goal-setting. You know, If it's Olympic athlete, it's right, this is the next four-year period or whatever it might be. And Andy Murray said, you know, he didn't enjoy his Wimbledon title enough when he won it because mm. he was immediately thinking on to the next. Yeah. So, yeah, I think people just don't, don't take stock and actually yeah. step back and enjoy, which I'm trying to do more of. I suppose also sport is kind of, that's, it's quite bad at that, isn't it? Because like you say, you have that reality of winning a medal or winning Wimbledon or whatever and I heard him speak after he'd won saying it was glorious for like a week yeah and then at the end of that week nothing yeah, yeah. literally just like everything and then drop to stone cold yeah oh my god like I'm back to real life I'm back to training I'm back to training yes. in the wind and the rain and the hail <laughs> and the sleep and it's just I think it's, it's especially for sport it's extreme isn't it like the sentiments are like the highest high and yeah. then whoa and yeah. then it's how you manage that transition yeah don't in some yeah, cases yeah and so. I think that's another thing that we're really trying to focus on with the mentoring is being a balanced human being yeah. as well as a balanced athlete because the highs are so high mm. the lows can be even even lower so I don't know the answer to it. We're doing a lot around athlete transition and um, with an organisation called Switch the Play to help both the students and the athletes. But I would love to see more athletes having that yeah. support. 
And setting up your own company at 24, setting up your own company at any age is a challenge, but also you had to register yourself as a charity, and also you were talking again about you know some of the technology behind it, like having mobile apps and your own website. Yes. Can you talk a bit more about what you found most difficult and also the things yes. that surprised you maybe, or you've not considered? Yes, yeah, I think the fact that I was so naive going into it, I think makes it easier. And um, I think I'm incredibly lucky and I was quite embarrassed about talking about this at the start but I had such a supportive family that you know my my family helped invest in it in the early stages I had an office base from my dad's property world which was a little sports corner in the background <laughs> so I had no idea what else was going on so I was very embarrassed about saying it I didn't want people to appear that I was you know that, the bank of mum and dad mm. I wanted to be a strong independent woman but then someone said to me actually at a woman of the future event yeah but you chose to give with it you haven't just sat back and so that's enabled me to talk about that a bit more so I'm proud of the fact that I've got a family that will do that and I don't want to I don't want to let them down and um I want to give with it as much as I can. So that was that made it easier to set up and have that brave step, as everyone mm. called it. But I think the hardest thing has been, until recently, I've, it's just been me. Um, and I've got, an, I've got a colleague now, which is Yay, exciting. It's very exciting. Um, but it is quite lonely. I mean, yes, we have lots of athletes, but day to day, having someone to bounce ideas around, the worry, the... You know, the not knowing about the insurance, all the, you know, the admin side that I need to look at. I had no concept of when I went into that so blind. Steep learning curve. Yeah, yeah, steep learning curve. And the funding has been, that's been the most difficult, which is, as you said, why we became a charity. And working with the charity commission, it's a whole new ball game to me. It takes months, doesn't it? Yes. Literally months. Yeah, and so months. if I look back, so we became business in April 2014, and then... I decided in 2016 that we needed to change its structure to make it viable in the long term and to have bigger impact across all students from all areas. And then we eventually got charitable status in April 2018. That's <laughs> very recent. That's really yes, recent. Yes, yeah. And in that in that time frame as well, you know, that was working with the charity commission where they're inundated. So it was as a very impatient person who <laughs> wants to get things going, I really struggled with that side. <laughs> And you are a multi-award winner. Are you? This yes. is very exciting. I love talking about this. This is very exciting. So obviously, Woman of the Future, that's the reason you're on this podcast, but also uh, Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year. But not only that, you're also granted the distinction of Associate Fellow of the Royal Commonwealth Society yes. in 2018. Yeah. They're all such huge accolades. You must be very proud. Well, I hope you are very yes. proud of yourself. Can yeah. you tell us more about start with the Sunday Times and yeah. we'll roll on from there. Yeah, I think what we were saying earlier, I think for the first time with the Sunday Times was when I allowed myself to actually step back and look at what we've achieved and where it, where the foundations come from. And I think it really that really hit me when I got an email the day before the awards saying, what time do you want to come in for hair and makeup? I was like, oh my goodness. Hair and makeup? Hair and makeup. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and bearing in mind, I don't wear makeup at all the fact that they were asking me what I want to do I was like, I don't know just do anything and then I walked into the room and they handed me a glass of champagne and at that point they put me in the chair and I just for the first time just went I'm gonna enjoy tonight oh, good. and I think up until then I'd been so head up and so nervous about it but actually 
Were you with anyone? Did um, you so I took Erin, who's our nutrition partner, and she nominated me for the award. And she put me forward, so I wanted her to be there. And my mum was waiting outside, refreshing Twitter, because I could only take oh. one guest in. And then, so I got to celebrate with her straight after, which was amazing. And just to be in a room, I think that, yeah, it was, like I said, it really you were saying me. you met Dean Asher Smith. Yes. And there are an awful lot of other huge yeah. sports stars. Yeah, it was, so before the awards, so my award was like the third one up. I was really sort of shy and reserved in the corner, just took my seat. And then afterwards I had, had the award in hand, I was like, I'm going to go and get selfies with everyone. I had that confidence to do it then. And Helen Halsby, one of the England netballers, oh, wow. she congratulated me in the loo. I was like, oh my gosh, she's congratulating me in the loo. And it was really, yeah, it gave Mintridge such a platform after that. And um it's allowed us to really, really generate more awareness to it. So, yeah. Was it yeah. really surreal? It sounds like it was a bit of like one of those weird bubbles. It was. Like it's trying like, to take it all in. And like the red carpet. It was just, yeah. I just couldn't quite believe that I'd got there. But I'm determined now to, to use that for the better of the charity, to, to put it on a platform that we haven't received before. Um, so, no, enjoyed that a lot. Oh, <laughs> and then the... Royal Commonwealth Society. Yes. Tell, tell me more about how you got involved with them. That was through Pinky, the wonderful Pinky. Oh. Um, so she put us forward for that and are now associate fellow. So um, for the work that we're doing with young people with Mintridge um, demonstrates the values that they're trying to instill across the Commonwealth. Um, so that's been brilliant. Again, meeting other associate fellows and seeing what they're doing in different areas, whether that's in the charity world in the UK or yeah. even further afield. So I think it's really good. As I said, you know, I'm in a lonely space often when it when it's just me. So to compare notes with yeah. different organisations in different countries, see how they're doing it has been massively beneficial. And there's a new award this year at the Women of the Future Awards that is the Commonwealth yes. Award. So yes. that'll be amazing yes. as well, won't it? Just, yeah. you know, give recognition to our friends and colleagues yeah. around the globe as part of the Commonwealth. Exactly. So. And, I, and I think the Commonwealth Games has always been a huge part of my life and my enjoyment of sport but that's how I've always seen the Commonwealth through the eyes of sport but actually to learn a lot more and a bit more about the different countries has been brilliant. Okay so I've got some quick fire questions okay. for you. They're never, they're, I always say this and they're never ever quick but here we go. <laughs> what would you describe as your greatest success? Oh, quick fire. This, yeah, <laughs> quick fire. Um, I think it would be the Women of the Future Award and the Sunday Times Award. And I think the combination of those show has shown what Mintridge has, has done. <laughs> Pinch me moment. Yes, yeah, exactly. And your greatest failure? Greatest failure. I think it's my greatest perceived failure, and that is the England trial, but I wouldn't change it at all. I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, and yeah. I think this is where I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to be doing. It sounds like you're at peace with it. Yeah. And I think that you were saying in that moment it was dreadful, but you sound yeah. like you've done a lot within yourself and obviously with other people to kind of find some level of yeah this is okay now so. yeah exactly and I have to be careful when I talk about failure because we so many of the ambassadors talk to their students that there's no such thing as failure failure is just feedback so I have to think oh, like that constructive it's yes it's learning and I know I've made so many mistakes with Mintridge but again it's got me to where I am I think you know I look back and I should have set it up as a charity from the very beginning yeah. and I didn't but I wasn't to know that I wasn't sure what direction it would go in so yeah failure is just feedback mm. and you've <laughs> learned from all of it right yeah, exactly so the mantra of the women of the future as you know is kindness yes. and collaboration what does that mean to you I think I try to instill uh, lots of my friends try to separate work and personal life but I think crossing them both I think really helps and I it's really hard to explain but 
I always try to give whatever I can in whatever capacity, whether that's in work, introducing people that I might meet, and I just go, I try to go above and beyond for my friends all the time, which is often to the detriment of myself, and I think I need to have that perspective more about looking after myself, which I'm told by my family a lot. But How's your work-life balance? I imagine when you're self-employed, yeah. to have the discipline to you know, yeah. finish work and leave work and stop is quite hard. Yeah, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I've, um, I was talking to some sixth form students the other day, and that was one of the biggest things I spoke about. I said, you have to have perspective and you know, spending time with those around you more and I just don't switch off and I need to. I need to put more plans in place. You know I've done th silly things like change my apps around my phone so I can't go mm. into my emails very easily. That's a good idea. I, so I keep dropping and changing. Yeah. Instagram, you know, you know yeah. where to go on which page for which app. Don't yeah, you? so really I, good idea. I keep swapping them around so that I can't just... Just things like that I need to do more of but that's gone off yeah. from what we were talking about. I think it's trying to do what you can to help everyone around you and I think that's exactly what Women of the Future does particularly with the collaboration across all the industries. And I mean, having the energy and the time from your own experience, yeah. I guess, it can be exhausting. Do you have a way to manage everything that you've got going on? Because you've got a lot of balls in the air. So. Yeah. No, I'm trying to figure that one out. <laughs> um, so it's really exciting. I'm getting married in August, um, oh, which is I'm so really exciting. exciting. Yes, and that's obviously huge. And at the moment, with school still in term time, I haven't given myself the time so I'm ensuring that I'm going to actually have a work-life balance mm. in the next six weeks um, and enjoy the lead-up because it will go so quickly. And You've got, got all the big things sorted though, right? Yeah, yeah you're fine. Got the flowers, got the photography, you know, all the... All the dress, all, dress. Yeah, got the dress. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, I just want to make sure that I don't let that that part and enjoy it with the family. Yeah, absolutely. perspective. <laughs> Is there anything that scares you? Yes, what scares me? I'm constantly so critical of the stage that we're at with Mintridge and I constantly think we're not where we should be. Will we ever get off the ground, particularly with a big funding partner or something like that? And I think now I've got a colleague as well, it's the support there. So I think what scares me is not realising Mintridge's potential. What's left on your to-do list? Uh, get married. <laughs> this is something, this is really exciting. How's your fiance about this? Is he quite cool, calm, and collected? Or he's is getting he like, too involved. Come with on, Alex. Let's crack on here. He's getting too involved with Wedman. I'm like, no, this is my wedding. <laughs> um, no, he is. He's the most cool, calm, and collected person, which is great because I need that. And um, yeah, he's really enjoying. He's really enjoying doing all the admin bits. Um, so no, it's, that's my to-do list for the okay. rest of the year. What about professionally? Where do you see Mintridge going? So I want to, I want Mintridge to be accessible and affordable to every state secondary school in the country and we're only going to do that with big support from funders so that's where we need to be next and that's the biggest focus of the charity at the moment is, is the funding side so that's where I want to be. We know it works, we know that the schools love it, the students love it, the athletes love it. Mm. Um, we just need to have that scalability which is coming slowly but surely. So. Thank you for everything no. you do. You are so inspiring and it's been very nice talking to you. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Women of the Future podcast. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and while you're there, why not give us a rating and review? You know you want to. For more about the Women of the Future Awards, network and initiative, please visit www.womenofthefuture.co.uk. See you soon.